Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Real Steel, where we talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. No BS, just The Real Steel. I'm your host, Jeff Schmidt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Polt. And here we are to recap an abysmal week one performance. But hopefully, Polt, hopefully we can find some good in this. I think maybe there might be a silver lining. Maybe. And I think that's what most of our audience is looking for with this episode. So it's not going to be easy. But that's what we're here to do as hosts of The Real Steel. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I'm just glad we're talking because during the middle of that game, you, you kind of scared me when you said you didn't want to make an episode because of how bad it was. But I think it'll be good to talk it through. And yeah, exactly. It's Tuesday now. We've all had a couple of days to digest it a little bit. And I think we can talk through some maybe some positives or some some key takeaways for the game that that might not be necessarily that gloom and doom. Yeah, I, I won't lie. I mean, I. I thought about hanging it up, man. This that game I, was was rough, and and oh man, yeah. the The expectations that we had, I think, is is what did it for me. And uh, you know, then I thought long and hard and said, "We can't do that. We got to we got to keep it up." You know, we're we were so high on this team, and to throw that all away after just one game after right. one week. I mean, if Tomlin really is a good coach, like everyone says and everyone thinks he is, things will turn around. So. Um, We'll see, but I do just want to lead off by saying to our listeners, you'll notice that we did not have an intro clip this week, and that was because we could not find a good one, and the best one I wanted to include was how Tomlin started his press conference on Tuesday by saying, the game was a stinker, and we stunk up the joint, but I couldn't pull it because it's, you know, the Steelers supposed to, however... I think that was a would have been an appropriate lead in. So yeah, I'm glad he doesn't deserve to get the the beginning of our our episode. So I, I think we should do you know obviously at least a little bit of a game recap. Maybe talk about what was bad, what was good. You know how much do we read into this? How much do we take from this? And and then we can kind of preview the Browns game for for Monday night. But I I want to start by just asking you a question because I think there's some some reflection that I've had from this game, okay. some lessons learned, so to say. Um, I have three lessons learned in particular, and we didn't talk about this, so I'm putting you on the spot. But I want to ask you if you have any lessons learned from watching this game. And if you don't, I can start. Yeah, I have a lot of lessons learned. Uh, do we just want to get into that right away? Sure, go for it. All right, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire off pretty hard here. I uh, I think I learned, and um, I know I have some family members that might enjoy hearing this. I think I finally understand that I don't think our coaching staff is anywhere near the possible – a coaching staff that can win a Super Bowl. I mean, that was pitiful. Yeah. The, the preparation, the, the, the non-adjustments during the game. I mean, what were they doing for, for a month and a half during training camp and stuff? It looked like they came out and just forgot how to play football. And I put a lot of that on the coaching staff. Tomlin, Terrell Austin, Matt Canada, three main guys. Uh, the offense looked terrible. The defense looked terrible. The team as a whole came out and looked unprepared. And and I think that is it. That is Tomlin. Tomlin did not get these guys ready to play, and it showed. I mean, it's it's bad when the other team is joking on the sidelines that they wish you're off. The Steelers' offense would get a first down because so their offense could... is tired of being on the field. Yeah. I mean, I know it's week one, and I know you're going to have mistakes and stuff, but. It was our first home opener to start the year in years, and mm-hmm. and they just didn't show up, and and I think that's really frustrating, and it, it 
we got outcoached by by um Steve Wilkes and Kyle Shanahan and and the 49ers obviously have a much better coaching staff than us and I think that was one of my biggest takeaways from this game. It's a good point and and you know we're going to talk probably a little bit about Matt Canada and the offense cuz I want to ask yeah. you about that and get your hot takes. Well, you know, go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say and and I will say like you you prefaced last episode when we did predictions that we're going to lose a game that we're not supposed to win, or that we're not supposed to lose. That's like the Tomlin thing. Maybe this is the, that this was the Tomlin game where he just didn't get them prepared. I don't know how week one against one of the best teams in the league at home is that game, but maybe it is. And maybe they take this as like a, a stepping stone to make sure that they're better prepared. I don't know. But sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, maybe that's a good point. I mean, I'm I'm going to kind of take what you just said and, and use that as one of the lessons that I learned. You know, I, I think it's it is worth mentioning here and maybe this could be looked at as a silver lining, but the 49ers are really freaking good. Yeah. Like that was an awful performance from, from the Steelers, but you know, the 49ers, you're looking at a team that had, you know, probably one of the top three rosters across all phases of the game, Easily. offense, defense, special teams. I mean, they, they are, and were a Super Bowl caliber team last year, if they didn't have the quarterback injuries. Right. So, yeah. I mean, that, that helps a little bit now, granted, we want to be able to compete against Super Bowl caliber teams. Right. Um, but nonetheless, I think today we learned how good San Francisco, or today, meaning Sunday yeah, when we weekend. watched the game, that uh, we learned how good San Francisco really is. So I think I think that is a, a point worth worth mentioning. And I'm going to go Definitely. into my second my second lesson learned too, um, just before we get too far ahead of ourselves. The preseason doesn't mean shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> doesn't mean shit. I bought into it way too much. I think we both did. Mm -hmm. We're not going to overhype a preseason ever again. No, um, and and I'll touch on that a bit more later. But yeah, it. I agree. The preseason we overhyped it, and yeah, and vanilla coverages, basic defenses. That's not what happens when you get into the regular season, and obviously, obviously, that showed pretty pretty glaringly. Yeah, that's a big lesson learned for me moving forward here. I think that was just, yeah, just not not uh, not good to rely on the preseason success that we had. Can I throw anything. you another thing that I think I, I learned? What's here? And I hope this changes. Um, it kind of piggybacks off of if you saw what Ryan Clark said yesterday um, on on ESPN. He said something about how we don't have we don't have an identity. And mm. and my takeaway is I think this this. The Steelers are known for being tough, hard-nosed, like in-your-face, gritty, physical teams. We don't have that identity anymore. I mean, right. I think it's been gone for a couple of years, but it's really gone now. They just got bullied on both sides of the ball. The offensive line was horrible, and we could dive into that when we talk about the offense. The defensive line was horrible. I mean, the DeMonte KZ getting destroyed by um, – who at by Brandon Ayuk on the long Christian McCaffrey touchdown run on that block. I yeah. mean, that doesn't happen on normal Steelers teams. You have the guys, Brian Clark, Troy Paul, Malu, even Mike Mitchell, Minka, like all, a lot of these guys, like don't, that doesn't happen to, but this team just doesn't seem to have that grit, that physicality that, that maybe we're accustomed to as, as Pittsburgh Steelers fans. And, and that's kind of disappointing to me. Yeah, it's a good point. Let's let's bring this into kind of a little bit of a game recap. I yeah. think we could probably get too far into the weeds with what we're talking about. So so let's kind of tie it to the game. I mean, 
we're not going to go through the play-by-play or the quarter-by-quarter synopsis here. I mean, 30-7, to seven, the, the 49ers had almost 200 yards on the ground, over yeah. 200 yards passing. The Steelers, 41 yards rushing. I'm, I mean, 230-some passing yards, but how much of that comes in garbage time when you're kind of just trying to you know move the ball down the field and get points on the board and and you've clearly committed to throwing right 46 passing attempts for kenny pickett so not not a fun one 10 rushes and and you know i i go back to where you know we struggled last season and then when we started to turn things around and get things back together what did we do we found our identity exactly what you said and we ran the ball more and and you know it's it's just frustrating to see how things, you know, played out last week and or this Sunday. I mean, the line looked bad. Kenny looked bad. The secondary looked bad. No, there. I don't think there was any phase other than TJ Watt, which we will talk about some of the good things after we talk about the bad. But I don't really think that that anything clicked. And and I think Kenny, in particular, looked way off. Something was not right. Yep. And that takes me into my third biggest takeaway. I I don't know. Again, it's week one, and this is a bit of an overreaction. I don't know if we can win on the back of Kenny Pickett. And you know how big of a Kenny Pickett fan I am. I don't know if we can just say, hey, Kenny, you, you got to lead us to victory here. Maybe against some of the worst teams, but against the better teams or some of the better defenses, we can't run the ball 10 times and expect to win. It's just it's just not a formula for us to win. And that's okay. That doesn't mean we can't win a Super Bowl with them. It's just it goes back to the identity thing. We need to ground and pound, and we need to try to, to wear defenses out by running the ball. I mean, like you said, at the end of last year, we ran the ball really well, which is why we played well and or why we did well. And uh, I think that was that really showed this weekend. You can't go 10 rushes for 41 and then throw 46 times. But to the point about Kenny, it wasn't – I mean, the 49ers defense is really, really good. And, and we can't we can't lose sight of that. They're a very good defense, maybe the best in the league. And they have some studs all over the field. But Kenny's throws look terrible. Awful. It wasn't just he was, like, thrown in the coverage or that they were making good defense plays. He had receivers, and he just missed them. Yep. I mean, the, the Deontay Johnson touchdown, and that guy, I know he's – He's hurt. We'll get into that. I mean, that guy's he's jinxed. He cursed. Can't, he, yeah, he's cursed. That's thank you. I couldn't think of the word. He can't get into the end zone. I mean, that was a cakewalk. He was walking into the end zone if Kenny throws the ball right on that slant route at the end of the first half. I mean, it was just throws like that, and there wasn't just one or two. I, he had 15 incompletions. I bet, I don't know, this is a guess. I think 12 probably were nowhere close to being able to be caught. And it's not because they were covered necessarily. It's because they were bad throws. And and I think with how well he played in the preseason, how good his accuracy was in the preseason, that's a really that's really tough, and and it's actually pretty worrisome to me. Yeah, I I look back at the tape for Kenny, and normally I think we latch on to one or two bad plays or bad throws in a game. Yeah, and there were five to 10 instances that you could pull out where he made, he missed. Oh yeah. He, he threw the ball behind his receivers. He threw over his receivers. He threw short there. There was nothing good that was coming out of Kenny. And, and I wonder, 
you know, there's, there's talk about, oh, did he get hit hard? And, and was there a concussion in play? I don't know. I, I think maybe, maybe he just kind of was in his head after that first, honestly, what I think is, I think he was in his head after that first drive, that first yep. three and out. You yep. look at what he did all preseason. You look at the success he had on the second half of the season last year. And all of a sudden he comes out and they're three and out in the first drive. And then the second drive, he throws an interception. The kid's in his head now and yeah, absolutely. he can't get out of it. So I think he was a bit intimidated, really. I mean, if you look at all the, the stats and everything, the amount of pressure he was under was crazy. And, and I think he just got intimidated by that by that 49ers defense. Like you said, the first drive was terrible. Then he threw a pick on the second drive. It just it, it started off as poorly as it possibly could. And I think that got in his head. But I do want to bring up – so this is a really long quote, if you don't mind me reading it, from Ben Roethlisberger talking about what he thought should have happened with Kenny struggling. He said, quote, I remember with Coach Randy Feekner, we always had a, like a go-to play. Just like I'm a little off today. Maybe it was going no huddle where I, where like I was calling plays that I felt comfortable with or like two or three plays that are just like a ball out of your hand. Maybe it's a screen where I throw a ball to a wide receiver and he breaks a 10-yarder. Let your playmakers make plays. That's what Ben said. And that was Ben yeah. talking about when he struggled, what helped him get through it. We saw none of that. I mean, they, they didn't help him at all. I mean, I, I know Kenny played bad, but they didn't help him. And, and the play calling didn't help him either. So, yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, and, and if you want to go into a stat of the week here, I mean, this this just shows you how bad he struggled. Kenny was one for seven for 31 yards and two interceptions on throws of 15 or more air yards. Oof. One for seven for 31 yards and two interceptions. What did we talk about all preseason and offseason? We, we need to push the ball downfield a little bit more. He tried seven times, but was pretty unsuccessful. And, and, and that's, that's really unfortunate, especially after the good preseason. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not out on Kenny. It's just it was a pretty rough showing. Yeah. I, I I really do think there there's got to be some level of of jitters in there. I mean, I go back to maybe this isn't the best comparison because last year the Green Bay Packers didn't make the playoffs. I think they ended up eight and nine, but yeah, they got spanked week one against the Vikings last year. And, and two sure years enough, ago, they got spanked by the Saints week one and made the playoffs. Yeah, and and they bounced back, and you know I. I'm expecting that. I, I really am expecting a, a bounce back here. I mean, I'm going to give you a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe maybe my stat of the week here and, and you know, see what you think. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals, L.A. Chargers, Minnesota Vikings, New York Giants, Seattle Seahawks, Buffalo Bills. What do those teams have in common? Well, they all lost. They all lost. But they were all playoff teams last year. And quite frankly, a lot of those teams did not look good at all. No. Cincinnati Bengals looked like garbage. The Vikings didn't look that good. The Giants got blown out way worse than we did. Seahawks yeah. didn't look good. Um, and, and Kansas City lost to Detroit. I mean, there's a lot of hype around Detroit. Um, and then you look at the Bills, right? Aaron Rodgers goes down, and the Bills still can't capitalize. Yeah, Josh um, Allen looked terrible. So, you know, I think I think one silver lining here is that you know, there's there's 16 teams in the league right now that are 0 and 1. So, and 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 if you want to talk about that if, in regards to Kenny, 
I mean, he didn't have the worst performance of the day. I, I, I mean, this was at some point during the game. This this isn't the the final stats, so I apologize for that. I don't have that in front of me. But Kenny was 19 of 32 for 111 yards, one TD and one interception. Lamar Jackson had 149 yards, no TDs and an interception. Yeah. Joe Burrow was 11 for 27 with 71 yards and an interception. I think he ended yep. up with 82 yards total passing. And then Deshaun Watson was 14 to 27 for 139 yards, no TDs, one interception. Right. That's just our division. And these guys are all getting paid over $250 million. And Kenny's a, that's, that's his first start of his second year. I mean, yeah, you can't get carried away. You can't exaggerate. You can't get too overblown by a week one performance. Although no matter how bad it was, I mean, there's definitely a silver lining that it's week one. I mean, it's week one. There's 16 more, more games to play. Yeah, we can't overreact now. Um, you know, there is a lot of bad that we saw even outside of Kenny. I don't think the offensive line performed well at all. Oh, man, do you have the stat on on Dan Moore? N- no. Uh, out of 75 I... tackles graded by PFF in week one, he was the lowest graded at 33.7, and they had him down for giving up nine total pressures, one wow. sack, two hits, six hurries. Roger Jones time. Well, and then you flip it to the other side, and Chooks can't run block. So that's another thing that's concerning. Everything I'm seeing is Chooks can't run block, so we're running the ball to the left-hand side all the time, mm-hmm. and the teams know that. And that's how the 49ers were able to snuff out some of our runs because sure. they just know it's going to that side. We're, we're too obvious in what we do. And this, we, if we want to talk about Matt Cannon and play calling, I, I mean, that's where it is. It's too, it's too obvious and too – everybody knows what we're doing. You can sit on your couch and know. We talked about that last year, but it doesn't make Kenny's job any easier. Yeah, and I think there were, you know, there was there were a few plays in particular, but one stands out to me the most. It's been floating around on Twitter and it really gets me when I watch it on film or I watch it on replay after I saw it on TV. We're we're down, I think within the t- inside the 10-yard line. Yeah. And we have a four wide receiver set mm. and they all run vertical routes to the back of the end zone. It was no one, four verts. Four verticals. No one coming to the front of the end zone. No one coming five yards outside of the end zone, undercutting any routes. That was one of the worst play calls I've ever seen in my life. So this now well, goes... And that was a third and three or fourth and three? Like it was a fourth and... Like I think was that a, was fourth down. It was fourth and short. Yeah. Like they could have gotten a first and they just ran him to the end zone. So th- that goes to me. I mean, you talked about coaches, but but I think I would love to hear your take on how much of this falls on Matt Canada. I think a lot. I think a lot. I, I mean, it, and it goes into the preparation. I, I don't know. Answer, answer this for me. What changed between now and preseason? Preseason, the play column looked okay. Yeah, it did. the 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 routes the routes looked okay. Like it looked like they actually kind of knew what they were doing. We went right back to last year, the last couple of years with Matt Canada football. Let's let's run the ball poorly or throw the ball for like poorly on first down, and then let's run the ball on second and long, and then let's make Kenny come up with some crazy play to get a first down. And, and that that was the majority of our drives. It, it went right back to what it was last year, and, and I don't know what changed. 
Yeah, it's timid. It's timid is how he he plays or how he makes calls. That's it's, a good way to say it. I mean, here here get get this stat. This is this came from from Daniel Valente, a stats guy on Twitter. Is awesome, awesome stat. Matt Canada has been with the Steelers for thirty six games. Right. Mm -hmm. We have failed to produce twenty points in regulation. Twenty seven of those thirty six games. And this is like part two. We are the only team out of 32 teams in the NFL that have not recorded a 400-yard game on offense since the start of 2001, which is Matt Canada's first game. Every other team's done it at least three times. Some teams have done it 10 times. Nine actually have done it 10 times. Um, no 400-yard games. In three years. And I think we've only scored 30 points twice. Atrocious. I, I, I mean, I don't even know. It's hard to even put words to that. It's it's crazy. And and the fact that, I mean, I'll, I'll admit I was fooled in preseason. I thought he maybe turned a leaf and maybe opened up the playbook a little, but it didn't look like that. And and the fact that they kept him, it just, this, I mean, this is terrible. You can't, I don't know if you can expect to win having those kind of stats back up your offense. I mean, it's just, it's tough. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, if we go back to, to the very start of this with our lessons learned, I'm going to give you my last lesson learned here from this whole thing. Yeah. Um, we got to stop betting on the freaking Pittsburgh Steelers. And if, <laughs> and if we do, if we do, I'm going to take the under on everything. Well, yeah, that's a good bet. I will take the under on points. I will take the under on yards. I will take the under on touchdowns. Yeah. Um, good news is I won't be in a state where I can legally bet for like four more weeks. So I ain't betting anyways, but man, it's, I, I just don't have the confidence to bet on anything Steeler related in an optimistic um, viewpoint. So, yeah. Yeah. So you want to flip it over to the other side of the ball? Cause there's plenty to talk about there too. There is plenty to talk about. Where do you want to start? Because I think, our third down defense. Okay, that works. Was horrid. I do not have a stat to back it up, but I can tell you, it were, seems they like they were six of thirteen on third downs. Just seems like every time we had a chance to maybe actually put a dent in it. And I don't know about you when when you watch games. I don't know if you do math in your head and you're like, okay, we can let up a field goal here or whatever, but we can't go down. 18 points or we can't go down 23, whatever it is. But I do that all the time. And I'm like, okay, we got to get a stop here. And there were multiple third downs where it really felt like we could get a stop. Oh, and yeah. we just didn't, we didn't, um, we got picked apart. Christian McCaffrey is freaking good, man. And, and Debo and, and, um, Brandon, Ayuk had, had an amazing game, but we got to do better on third downs. Yeah, I mean, they made Brock Purdy look like the MVP of the league. And, and props to Brock Purdy coming off of the elbow injury. I mean, he looked he looked fantastic. Uh, but we we didn't we didn't really make it that hard on him. I, I mean, yeah, third down. I didn't even think about that, but I agree. There was multiple plays where we had we forced a third and long after a great first and second down. I can think of I think one time in the second half there was like an incomplete pass, and then Highsmith made a great play on a run play that forced like a third and ten, and then it was an easy wide open completion on third down. Yeah. And, and and that happened way too often. But I mean, if you kind of look at this though, the second half, and again, they were up 
what, 20 to 7, I think, or something at halftime. Yep. The second half wasn't that bad. So the first half went touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal, punt, end of the half. 20 points. The second half went touchdown, punt, fumble, punt, field goal, end of the game. Yeah. So they only gave up 10 points in the second half. And it, and it was really the one the one long run by Christian McCaffrey. So right. the defense definitely played better in the second half. Now, granted, we we were down by a lot, so they were definitely playing a different style of game. But the defense came on here. But my, my concern is the secondary. I, I, I'm, I'm really – well, the defensive line too. But, but we'll start with the secondary. Joey Porter played seven snaps. That's 10% of the snaps. Yeah, but they were all, and they were all in in a certain formation, right? Uh, that I don't know. I think they were all in in like the nickel or something like that. Okay, like he he was playing a very targeted role, and and yeah, exactly like you said. I mean, ten percent of snaps. That's it. Ten percent of snaps, and Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace both played ninety nine percent. They played sixty seven out of the nine, sixty eight. Levi Wallace got shredded. I mean, he was he, there was wide open receivers all day over him. Yeah. Patrick Peterson struggled early. He kind of figured it out in the second, like as the game went on, but he struggled too. Yeah. I mean, we drafted this guy 32nd overall. Why, why are we playing him seven snaps in a game that we're getting shredded in the secondary? I I just don't get it. Yeah. And, and building on that, I mean, you mentioned early, um, Casey getting railed over on, on that block, but, I watched this whole game, and I don't know if I heard Keanu Neal's name. Oh, I didn't hear Minka Fitzpatrick's name like ever. I didn't either. And you think of our our playmakers on defense, right? Big time playmakers. When when everything goes right, they'll be able to make those plays. But nothing was going right, and so you didn't hear anything from from the Minkas. I mean, Minka had four tackles. Yeah. That's that's the stat. That that's that's his stat line. Now, I mean, if you want to talk a little bit about our linebacking core, our defensive line, yeah, I I think that's worth a conversation because I'll tell you one guy. Obviously, T.J. Watts the go-to. Unbelievable. I I just T.J. Watts my balls of steel. I don't know if we're saving it for the end, but I I can't I can't not give it to him. I mean, the only only really good part of this game. I mean, three sacks, two forced fumbles. Um, TJ Watt looked amazing, incredible. He had, he had a pass deflected. We had seven QB hits. He had five of the seven. Gray, uh, he mean, stays healthy. I mean, he, he, the good thing about it is at least we can go in every Sunday knowing that TJ is a stud. Yeah, and that was that was the only, that was a great thing to, to remember. Yeah, it it was it was a little bit of a silver lining. And, um, you know, aside from him, I do have to say, I think one other guy that, that I think played well was Alandon Roberts. Okay. Um, Alandon Roberts played pretty well right out of the gate. I think early on he had a couple, couple tackles, um, or tackles for loss. I mean, he, he was second on the team, seven tackles, two tackle for loss. Um, he just looked like he at least knew what he was doing, um, I feel a lot stronger in our linebacking core than than really anything else on defense. Yeah. Um, but I, I do know, want to give him a shout. You know another guy that played pretty well too, and, and it goes into the rookie class, Keanu Benton. I mean, he didn't really do anything crazy on the stat sheet, but I'm seeing things on Twitter, 
X and uh, seen some plays of his and, and he looks really, really good. Some of his pass, ru pass rushes were, were awesome. He was beating the linemen. I mean, the 49ers line's pretty good. He was beating them, getting some pressures on, um, on Brock Purdy. I think he had, where is he at? He only had three tackles. That's, that's all his stat line is, but he played really well. And, and if we're going to get into injuries a little bit, Cam Hayward going down for probably seven weeks is a big deal. And Keanu Benton is going to have to step up. The D line got, got blown up. Yeah. And, and, and Keanu Benton's going to have to be one of the people's that people that step up and, and take, you know, takes a bigger role. I mean, I will say DeMarvin Leal got hurt in the game. Larry Ogunjobi wasn't a hundred percent. Cam Hayward got hurt. Right. They they were thin on the defensive line to begin with, so it kind of makes sense that they struggled there. But I think they're going to definitely be looking for Keanu Benton to step up. And and I think he can do it. And I think that that is something to take away from this game. Yeah, I hope so. While you're on that injury front, you know, the story with, with Cam Hayward, just so everyone's in the loop, um, groin injury, he's saying that, that he's going to opt for surgery. Yep. Um, and it's probably going to be like a six to eight week injury. So could, could have him back after the bye, which is, you know, week seven, we have yep. a week six by early by this year. Um, so we'll see if we get him back then. Um, but yeah, it's surgery for camp. So he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, you mentioned some of the other injuries, um, you know, Pat Fryermuth had, I think a, a chest injury. Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully he's okay there, but, um, we got we got pretty beat up in this first game. Yeah, Deontay Johnson has a hamstring injury. He's week to week, so he's out a couple weeks. Um, they think Larry Okunjobi's okay. They think DeMar DeMarvin Leal, I think, is going to be okay. Mason Cool, I didn't even know that. I think he – no, it was maybe James Daniels, actually, hmm. went out. Uh, our right guard went out with an injury. Um, so, yeah, we got really banged up. I mean, I guess that happens in week one just because, you know, it's the first game action. But, yeah, that, it's a little bit of insult to injury. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see where things go. Right. I mean, we, yeah. we talked in our last couple episodes about how important it was to build depth at yeah. some of these positions, building depth at the, on the defensive line, building depth on the offensive line. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, I feel like, you know, the team is really, this is a pivot, but the team is really high on, on Gunnar Olszewski. And so having, having wide receivers, wide receiver depth, Miles Boykin got hurt too. So mm. having wide receivers being able to come in and play, I mean, Allen Robinson had a pretty good game. I think, um, Calvin Austin showed himself on a couple plays, yeah. um, not super flashy stat lines for either of them, but those are guys that Kenny's going to go to, um, in Deontay Johnson's absence. Before we get into the, all the pauses, you want to just close the book on the negatives real quick and give our jag off of the week? Yeah, let's do it. All right, you go first. Um, this is this might be an unpopular opinion, but um, George Pickens gets mine. Unsportsmanlike conduct for a, a penalty towards the end of the game. Um, we know he's hot-headed, and uh, we know, George, you're frustrated, because we are too. Um, but... It's just, I, I think those kind of things are just unacceptable and, and I hate, I, I loathe when players do that. So, um, he's getting my jag off of the week, quite frankly, could have gone a lot of other places, but, uh, that one thing, it was just kind of like the, threw a little more salt in the wounds, I guess you could say. Yeah. A little bit of diva that we, we really don't want to see. All right. I think I'm uh, for mine. I'm going to, I'm going to give the jag off of the week to, uh, it's there's a headline or two, but it's a group. The um, grounds crew. No, that's a good one though. There's a lot of people that could get it. I'm gonna give it to myself, you, and Steelers Nation. 
but mainly myself. I mean, the amount of hype that I put, the I, we, all of us put into this team uh, just by watching a preseason game. As you said, you can't take anything out of preseason. And the amount of hype I let myself get into from that preseason um, definitely got, I got knocked down a few steps, a few, a few pegs on the, on the ladder. So I'm going to give myself the, the biggest jag off of the week. All right. Flip the script right here because we're going to right transition right into the good things. No other remarks. Absolutely. And and Absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to say, hold your horses there, buddy. You you might not be the jag off of the week because um, well, I'm not giving up. Well, when you're touting Kenny Pickett MVP and then he looks like that, you kind of deserve it. Hey, you kind of you deserve it a little bit. How about a comeback player of the year? I don't know. Could it be? What? Well, I guess comeback's got to be after uh, something crazier, right? It's got to be. Yeah, and, and not after a it, poor performance. Yeah, but that's okay. But yeah, let's flip the script. I guess I'll give out my balls of steel. You already gave out yours. One of the, the biggest bright spots, I think, on Sunday, and something that I think we can definitely be excited about, and it's Anthony McFarland. And mm. for me, and and that might not seem like a person that you would think would get a balls of steel, but he had three kick returns for 91 yards. That's a 30.3 average with a 34-yard return as is long. Yep. They they ended up they stopped kicking to him because he was the only form of offense we had in the first half until that last drive. I mean, that's good. We haven't had a good return game in I I maybe since Antonio Brown was there. I mean, and he was doing punt returns, but we haven't had a good return game in forever. And so the fact that Anthony McFarland made the team as a punt as a kick returner and then proved it this weekend made me really excited. On top of that, he also played some offense. Like I was impressed to see him out there. He, he had two catches for 11 yards, but the one catch was like a diving catch to, I think, extend a drive or something. So I thought Anthony McFarland really showed out. And uh, I don't know. That's my balls of steel. That's a good That's a good one. Kudos to you, Anthony, because wasn't expecting to hear his name. So so that's good. Um, let, me, let me rattle off a couple positives that I sure. think people should should hear about or focus about or focus on. Some are a little far fetched, but uh, I think there's some some reality to some of these. First of all, Darnell Washington pancaked oh, the shit out of Nick Bosa. Yeah, that was freaking awesome. If you haven't seen it, Google it, YouTube it, go back and watch it. Darnell Washington is a guy, and uh, yeah, he's that gonna was be awesome. unbelievable. And especially if Fryer moves hurt, he's gonna play more, and I think we'll see, he'll he'll be great. Yeah, I mentioned the guys that stood out to me, TJ Watt, Lynn and Roberts, even guys like Alan Robinson. There are people that I think are going to step up. So oh, yeah. I, I have hope. Um, I, I, I see some positivity there. The other ones that I think, maybe, maybe three of them. Okay. First of all, this was a loss against an NFC opponent. If the Steelers are really going to get our shit back together and get it back in gear, it's good that you have a, a week one loss against an NFC opponent. And I'd rather have it against the 49ers than yeah. any team in the AFC. So I say this because, you know, when you look at tie breaks, when it comes time to playoffs, right, you look at conference record in, in conference record. So yeah. um, I don't want to say that anything's a good loss. But but this is a good loss. 
um, in terms of playing one of the best teams in the league too. So I think that's good. Second, maybe tickets will be cheaper. I've been looking. Tickets are pretty expensive for a lot of these games. <laughs> maybe they'll go down. Um, okay. Maybe, maybe you'll find a way to get to a, a cheaper game if uh, that, if this continues. Well, okay. So hold on, hold on, hold on. I have to throw a negative there. There were way too many Steelers tickets sold to 49ers fans. Yeah, awful. The 49ers like dominated the building. So maybe we don't want them to get cheaper. That's but fair. Anyways, anyway, sorry. Back to positives. Back to positives. That's kind of a joke, but hopefully tickets do go down so we can get to a couple games. Um, but I'm going to give my most my most realistic silver lining here. And and this, this I think, would kind of be my theme here. Um, and it's going to sound blunt, but I think you're going to understand what I'm saying behind it. Um, legitimately, I don't think it can get worse than this. Yeah. I really don't. Um I think this is this is a wake up call. And I think there are going to be so many lessons learned from this. You're going to see who Kenny Pickett is in terms of his ability to bounce back. You're going to see a team be able to step up when a guy like Cam Hayward goes out. You're going to see coaches who just got called some of the worst coaches and unprepared coaches in the NFL hopefully step it up. I, I think that things can and should only go up from here. So that to me is my biggest takeaway in silver lining here. I, I really don't think it can get worse. If it does, if we have more seven point games um, and we have more, um, you know, total blowout games like this, then, then we're done. Then, then we were too high in terms of our expectations, but yeah. I, I still have some faith in this team. I mean, we have a, a stellar defense, I know Kenny has it in him. We have a really good receiving core, really good running back group. I, I think that, you know, we could be a special team. So I don't think things can get worse. I think they will get better. That's yeah. fine. If, if we were to record this Sunday night, I would have had no positives and it would have been all doom and gloom. Now that I've had two days to reflect on it, now that we're recording this Tuesday night, I'm, I'm not worried. It's week one. Everybody has, everybody's allowed to have a stinker. All these teams have, I mean, you listed it. The Chiefs lost at home. The Bengals put up three points against the Browns and threw for 82 yards total or 83 yards total. Yep. The Giants got smacked at home 40 to nothing. Uh-huh. I mean, these are all teams that are supposed to be, Josh Allen turned the ball over four times against the Jets without Aaron Rodgers. These are all teams that are supposed to be, like you said, playoff teams are competing, and they all struggled in week one. The, I think the I think the Bengals have lost week one the last three years, and they always are in the playoffs. It's week one. There's 16 more games left. And to be honest with you, sometimes you need a little kick in the mouth. Sometimes yeah. you need a little punch punch to the gut. I agree. And I think this team might have been a little too confident, a little too cocky, mm -hmm. and came in thinking they were going to just run through people because they did that in the preseason, and they didn't. And I think I would rather have that happen now then have it happen at the end of the year. Well, you remember what happened when we went 11 and 0 and then right. it happened in week 12 or week right. th whatever it was. And then um, we didn't win a game afterwards. We didn't win a game afterwards and we got spanked in the playoffs. Right. So I um, would rather us, us get our, get our head straight, make us, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta lock it in. No better time to do it than week two and, and get the rest of the season going. So the fact that it was week one, I think we all just need to kind of let it go. We played the best team in football. Are you be the best team in football? Yeah, who, who probably are the Super Bowl favorites right now? We have to keep that in mind. 
and and we just got outplayed by a better team. I, I think we're okay. Kenny Pickett's shown that he can be a good quarterback. He's shown that he can be accurate. I'm okay. I, I I'm okay with it. I think he I think he'll be fine. And and we just got to move forward, expecting that, like you said, it can't get any worse. And and it sh it should only get better. I, I'm okay. I feel like we're gonna go out there and we'll beat the Browns week on Monday night, and we'll be right back to where we were a couple weeks ago. I hope so. So let's let's roll into a little bit of a Browns preview. Does that sound good? Uh, actually, no. I have one more question. Well, for let's you. hear it. Let's hear it. Because we got to talk about your your favorite guy. Um, so Who's that? With the Aaron Rodgers injury last night, Mason Rudolph getting traded to the New York Jets. Would you trade the num the best third string quarterback in the league, Mason Rudolph, to the Jets if they wanted him? Uh, you know, I I think potentially. I, I think I'd be very open to it. I think it depends on what you get in return because. Can we get a defensive lineman out of it? Can we get somewhere where we need help out of it? I don't know. Mm, maybe Either we're going to get shafted with a draft pick. Yeah, probably. Would you uh, trade Mitch Trubisky? Yeah, probably trade Mitch. I think so. I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I don't know why I say I'd trade Mitch so much more than than Mason. I, I feel like you could trade either of them. I think it makes sense. Um, I think it could be a smart move by Omar Khan, but I don't see him giving them away and not getting something in return just based on what he's done. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's clear we have, we have the depth there. Um, but I, I think we have such a strong quarterback room aside from this awful, you know, week one performance. But yeah. I think when you have unity and you have guys that, that return, we talked about this before as well, the three same quarterbacks coming back that, that says a lot. Um, so I wouldn't prefer it, but I would be open to it is probably the best answer I can give you. Okay. Um, but I don't know, man. Um, the, the only thing that comes to mind for me is what, what happens if we do trade one, who, who do we grab as a third quarterback? Because Tanner Morgan is not it. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's true. Yeah, and I'm sure there's other guys you can pick up that are out there for sure. And, and we and we did we did have Mason Rudolph as the the emergency emergency quarterback on on Sunday, so it does seem like they want to go forward with that. We would lose that opportunity, um, which would be unfortunate. So yeah, okay, that's yeah. that's fair. And hey, shout out Josh Dobbs, starting quarterback, Arizona yeah. Cardinals. I mean, didn't play he, well, but he played fairly well early and then yeah, fell off. But yeah, good for him. Yeah, interesting. Um, all right, all right, we're on to the Browns. Let's preview. Yeah, so Monday Night Football at home in Akersher. Um, eight fifteen is Monday Night Football. Steelers love a good primetime game. Love a good Monday Night Football game. I personally don't. Uh, way past my bedtime and gets me way too overhyped. Um, but the Browns, we mentioned, they're coming off a huge win at home against the Bengals, 24 to three. And, and we mentioned that, you know, Deshaun Watson and, and their quarterback play didn't look great. Yeah. I think he had a rushing touchdown, um, but they ran for over 200 yards on the ground um, over five, five yards a carry. Um, and now they're getting us without Cam Hayward. Right. So uh, yeah. you, you said earlier, you said, you're not, I don't think you said nervous. You said, I'm not worried. Um I am not that we're playing the Browns, but just because of our performance. And and I really hope that we do show our resiliency and we, and we bounce back. But um, I am nervous to kind of go into such a high pressure game. I can't believe I'm saying that the Browns game is such a high pressure game, but I think that that makes me a little bit nervous again, not 
not because of who we're playing, but just the atmosphere um, that we're going to be in and, and trying to bounce back. Yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, it's crazy. It's week two. We keep saying it's so early in the year. It seems like a huge, huge game. Like you can't go zero and two and lose to the Browns at home on Monday night. The positive is we we don't knock on wood. We tend to not lose on Monday nights. We I I don't know what the stat is, but we have won a lot of Monday night games in a row. And and I don't know if that's Tomlin getting the team up for it. I don't I don't really know what it is, but they get up for Monday nights, and and I'm really excited for that. And it's a it's a division game. It's the Browns who are the are one and zero leading the division right now with the Ravens. <laughs> like you know they're but they're talking their talk and they're 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 confident and. Let's try to knock them down. And the best thing is their starting left tackle is out or right tackle. I don't know. One of their starting tackles is done for the year. Uh, Conklin. He, he's, I can't remember his first name, but, but he's a really, really good tackle. And, and what that means is their first round pick who was taken before project Jones, Dewan Jones, hmm. I believe is his name um, from Ohio. No, Georgia, maybe. No, I think it was Ohio state. Either way, he has to start now. So he it was Ohio State. So he has to step in and be a starting tackle going against none other than TJ Watt, who just tore up the 49ers. And, and, and you know Trent who Williams. plays and you know who plays freaking awesome against the Cleveland Browns is TJ Watt. Yep. So I think we definitely have that in our favor. TJ Watt against a rookie, a rookie tackle. So I don't know. I, I really what I'm looking for is Kenny Pickett to come back and have a, a much better game. Um, see if the offense improves and and just most importantly, I just want to see us prepared. I just want to see us come out ready to play and, and play with play with some hunger. Play play like the season like is on the line right now. It's week two, but play like play like it matters. You got a That's score what prediction? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a low scoring game. I think uh I think we win twenty to seventeen. I'm in that same boat. I think we get I think we get one touchdown pass from Kenny. We get one yeah. rushing touchdown. Maybe a couple field goals. It's not going to um, be pretty. It's it's going to be but close. It never is. It's going to be a close game. Is is what my gut tells me. Um, yeah. yeah, I I think I think I feel confident. I, I think this team will come out ready to play. They're back at home Monday night against the team they hate. I, I think they're going to be ready to play. I mean, they got embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed, and I I think they're gonna they don't want to do that again. So I, I feel good. I have a lot a lot of confidence. You throwing some money on it. We'll we'll see come Monday, but they right. are underdogs. So underdogs at home on Monday night against the Browns. Uh, that's pretty tasty. That is a little tasty. So, all right, we will see what happens. Any yeah. parting thoughts? Yeah. Uh, for anybody that made it through the episode, thanks for listening to us complain. That was a tough game to watch and definitely was good to air out some thoughts. A lot of negativity there, but I think, I think we have some, we should be optimistic going forward the rest of the year. I think we'll, we'll be okay. Some silver linings for uh, sure. Fred Warner. Actually, one more thought. Fred Warner, star linebacker for the 49ers, did come out and say he thinks the Steelers are going to be amazing after that. He 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 feels confident in what the Steelers are going to say, are going to do the rest of the year. So No kidding. That, I yeah, missed that. I, uh, I just saw that today. I didn't see the quote, but it was uh, that was what the headline was. So that's good. Your, your, your opponent says that he's not worried and you'll be fine. So I think we should all not be worried and, and be excited for week two. Love it. All right, man. Let's show them up Monday night against the Brownies at home. Yep. We'll hopefully be back after a win next week. And uh, we thank you as always for listening, guys. Uh, take care and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, everyone. Peace.